Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so glad you're with us today. You know, I've learned by now that it's our wonderful guests who really keep many people tuning in. And I'm actually delighted about that. I've made so many interesting friends. But of course, a lot of our regular Seek Reality guests are doing just that. They're seeking reality. They're people like Craig Hogan, Sandra Champlain. They're seeking the truth about the greater reality and working in the field of afterlife education. And we love them. Or there are widowers, for example. We're going to be talking over the next two weeks with two widowers, Ward Barkefer, who has been here before, and Stephen Simon. Their wives have transitioned, but they're still in close communication with them even many years later. So we have all kinds of guests that are related to the afterlife. But, you know, there are other ways to seek reality. And every one of us is in a slightly different place in our lives. So sometimes a guest will strike me as someone you might want to know, just because that guest has kind of figured life out. It's going to be harder for you to grow spiritually if you're struggling with trying to get basic living right. And even if you aren't quite doing that, I find it lovely and inspiring to hear the stories of people who have overcome adverse early lives and have become successful and who now want to share what they've learned with you. Our guest today is actually one of those people who, who this, she kind of has touched my heart. This, this woman came from a, not just a broken home, basically a shattered home. Um, she finally had to leave home when she was 17. She's on the street. She's shoplifting. She's a hippie. It's the 70s. She has a child out of wedlock. Then she meets another hippie. They end up getting married. And so they're a down and out couple. They end up with six children. And all the while, she was trying to figure life out. She always knew she was destined to do big things. She just didn't know how. And this woman has made such a success of her life and of her marriage. She is she's a, she's triumphed over so many things. I think she's an inspiration. And I just want you to get to know her as I have gotten to know her through reading. I read only the first half of her book because I had to actually read it carefully. And uh, so she'll be back with us again. But meanwhile, here she is today. Sherry Sterling Fernandez. Sherry was pursuing inner inner fortitude. There's so many things she talks about. It's like, how can I make myself perfect? She, she was pursuing inner fortitude, wisdom, ways to triumph over fears and bad habits. What she saw as resistance that held back her progress toward infinite potential. And meanwhile, her husband, Ken, started a construction supply company, and he became pretty successful. So Sherry launched Fitmania, which is a fast-growing boutique fitness and personal development business that let her guide clients toward mastery over their lives, too, so they could meet or exceed their goals and dreams. And she ended up liking the coaching work a whole lot more even than she liked helping people to, to, to do well physically. So she's turned her full attention to that. And she wants to and, and the, the, she talks about each of these in her book. She wants to focus on the physical, spiritual, educational, motivational, vocational, financial, lifestyle, character and relationship aspects of our lives. 
And the result in 2021 has been her great little personal development book. I think it's a terrific book. It's called Life Mastery, Personal Progression Toward an Infinite Potential. It's basically a day-to-day, if you're serious about your life and making the most of it, this is the book for you, frankly. Um, you, You know, we all, the trouble is everybody is living life as an amateur. We don't know how to do it. Um, I used to say when I was raising my children, it's too bad they make you keep the first batch because that was my learner batch. But then it turns out that's the only batch I get. Um, that's the way life is. And so what, what this woman has done is to take the time to go back, figure out how she did it right, how Ken did it right. Six children, for heaven's sake. And she has written a book to, to show you step by step how you can do it, too. She says anyone can do it. Sherry, welcome. I am so glad to have you with us today. Can't wait to learn more from you. Thank you, Roberta. Thank you for the nice build-up, too. <laughs> I hope I can live. <laughs> I, I, I think I think you can live up to it. No, you know, I, I read a lot of books, and I read a lot of self-help books, considering them as as books to talk about on Seek Reality. But my standards are pretty high. Many of them are too new agey. I mean, um, working with your chakras, I've had a few of those, but for Westerners, that leaves them cold. I mean, what's a chakra? Eventually people will know. People don't mostly know today, but you speak to Westerners exactly where they are. And I I just can't get over it. And I I told Sherry before we we started, um, I think that the biggest success of her life is the fact that she has a wonderful marriage after 44 years. Too, too few people understand the importance of sticking together. I mean, my husband and I made a deal. The night that we were on the plane after our wedding, we made a deal. Each of us promised not to be the one who would break up the marriage. And there were times when if I hadn't made that promise, believe me, I would have paid you to take him. But in the end, I'm so happy I didn't. And so we'll talk about that, too. But first, Sherry, people... When, when we have a guest for the first time, people listening, enjoy learning from you something about yourself. I've kind of told your life story in, in, a, in a tidbit, but tell us a little bit from your perspective how it's been. Well, um, that's pretty, <laughs> pretty wide open range. But I've got lots of answers now. I would, this is, I guess if I, if I go um, starting at the beginning, not the beginning of my life, but the beginning of my thinking is that I understood somehow early that I only had this one life. We all know that, but I really felt it. I only had this one life, and it's really important. It was when I was in my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, my 50s, and, and now my 60s, that every day be just as good as it can be and that I can be just as good as I can be. I can live it just as well as I can, not to be for myself to be perfect, but to have life just be as good as it can be because you only get one chance at it. Right. And uh, I wanted everything that life has to offer. I wanted to have a I had these babies and I wanted to have a beautiful body at the same time. And and my fact, you could have it both. I wanted to be at home with my children and still have an income without a ceiling. I wanted to be educated. I wanted to travel. I just wanted just everything. And I needed to find a way to do it. And that's my life journey right there. How to do it, how to have it all. And what I needed to become to have it all and sought that out. And now it's in Life Mastery, the book. <laughs> it is, really is all in the book. Um, but, but you were so you were you really were just figuring it out as you went along. You were doing a lot of reading, though. You were reading um, other self-help books. Did that help you much? 
Oh, absolutely. I constantly, and Ken too, he, he felt, you know, once we got married, nobody would have given us two cents for our future. Like we just were broke. We had nothing. We had no education. We were going nowhere. But we both had the same feeling that we had great things to do. We wanted great things. So we started by reading books, listening to audio programs, and we just did it as much as we could. You know, we still had to make a living and take care of those kids. But we went to seminars and listened to uh, great speakers, and we'd, we'd find dig up the money to go listen to Zig Ziglar or whoever it was. And so I was seeking out the truth on how to do this. The problem that I came across, Roberta, was that I could get highly motivated, and those people really made a difference in my life, and I don't want to demean it in any way. The Zig Ziglars, the Jim Rohns, those, the Earl Nightingales, those people, even Napoleon Hill, even though he was dead before I, before I got around to it. But uh, they didn't give me a how. I would be so frustrated. I'd say, okay, I'm motivated. I think I can pretty much figure out what it is that I want to do because I know what I want. But I was seeking out the how. Give me something to do. And I feel like that was the hardest part to find. And I made sure that I provided that. Hopefully um, it's easy to understand the how. How to do it. How, how to actually implement the plans, the goals that I wanted. That was the trickiest, trickier part to find. And so, well, that's interesting. So they said, this, these are, this is what we are aspiring to. This is the kind of life you should be living. But they didn't say, you know, there you are living in a tenement and you don't have any money. Here's how you get from where you are to where, which strikes you right. I mean, that's, that's not very helpful, really, because the how is the important part. Yes, how's, the word, how's where the rubber meets the roads? And you said earlier about the nuts and I think something about the basics or the nuts and bolts of of uh, my book or my basic approach. And that is it. Here's the nuts and bolts on how you do it. It's great to be motivated. We need that. We need a little direction on to make to make sure that we're growing in a well-rounded way so that we don't um, lose too much uh, when things get out of balance. Like we don't pursue our biz, dream business at the expense of our relationships like that. So we need Absolutely. to have that balance. But yeah, how? No how it's tricky. He must have been like you. He must have also been trying to grow and, and change and be successful. Because yes. How do you mean talking? He sounds like such a wonderful guy. He's a wonderful guy. He is. And on everything that I teach, he, he I mean, he he knows it as well as I do. He could have written the book or he could teach the seminars or he could do the coaching but he does um he does do some coaching with business and some things like that but he's happy to stand back and watch me soar and he knows it all as well as i do (laughs) yeah that's really that's really wonderful and and you truly did meet when you were both hippies without any sort of living the because I remember the culture. Um I'm I'm actually a little older than you are. I re- very well remember the hippie culture and uh nobody gave it gave two cents for the future of any of those people that were going around sticking flowers in the muzzles of guns and stuff like that and and living, you know I don't understand how we thought that was a good way to live, but we did at the time. And I don't see how you got beyond it. You just decided we're gonna get serious now. Uh, yes. Yeah, so you talked about my marriage and that marriage probably was the, the crux of it. I'd watched my parents' marriages. Uh, I never saw a good marriage, just so enough. Any of my mother's five, my father's four, uh, were yeah. not good marriages. Yeah. And I didn't want to get married. 
but had the child and I loved her so much and I really wanted to give her stability and I thought I really need to get married and I met Ken and when we got married but I thought by darn if I'm going to do this I'm going to have the very best marriage possible well I couldn't keep living that same lifestyle and I had a little bit of an alcohol problem at that point um, not <laughs> everything else so yes right so I just quit we, we we both of us said we we knew we fought constantly when we were dating when we got married we hardly ever have since but that was the alcohol and the drugs and the lifestyle and we could see really clearly we can't live like that yeah, and be yeah. happy together and we figured that out like real quick like a few months before we got married and so by the time we got married I quit drinking Ken quit drinking a couple months later and we sought out um a spiritual life and of course a financial life we started to try to put the things together and we we completely left that we friends everything we just completely walked away from that lifestyle we had met because we both ran out of money in the same town <laughs> and we were both there was a travel trailer factories were hiring young people by the droves in those days and that's where uh -huh. we met a place like that so that's that's how we met but then uh, yeah, we started to build it and it was the marriage that was the beginning of saying i want the best there is Yes. Yeah. They, they say study after study shows that if you want to have a good life, you, you finish high school, at least um, get married and have children only in that order. And just that all by itself seems to more than double people's chances of success. And so you did that basic thing. That was good. But you then went on and did so much more. One of the things I admire about you is that you saw life as needing to be, um, well-rounded, well, actually well-spiked. Every part of your life you tried to make as good as it could be. Most of us, all of us, I think, tend to think, well, um, I'm going to stress the spiritual or I'm going to stress the financial or I'm going to get a great body and work out a lot. But, they, but, we, but without thinking that the other areas are just as important, and they really are. Um, Here's my own example. I never, I mean, I've never been to a gym. I've never cared about exercising or, or caring what I eat. I mean, I'm too busy working, right? I mean, very, very important to work. But when COVID made us stay home, the only way I could get out of the house was to take a walk. Now I walk just before dawn every day and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be without it. it. It's amazing how much more energy you get just from taking a half hour walk. It's incredible. Yes, taking care of your body. The, this body is the instrument through which we work and we love and we think. It's, this, yeah. it's our instrument, right? And if it's not fine tuned and in good shape, no kind yeah. of an yeah. artist would want to work with with poor in, a poor instrument, right? You want the best instrument that you can have in your field and your art. And our body is that for us. And if we don't, the more we take care of it, the sharper our mind the better our body functions, the more creative we can be, the more we can think and do and live and, and work and grow. And my husband, who's even older than we are, um, we had sort of gotten lazy and he wasn't walking as much and his health started to fail. And then he went back to walking and now he feels fine again. Yes. Talk about amazing. It's just everybody, if you aren't walking a half hour a day, then you're, you're basically cheating yourself because a half hour is not much time. I can't spare an hour. I'm sorry. I can't do it. But a half hour seems to be what I need. I'm sorry to stress that, but it's such more and more the things that you said in your book 
had been revelations to me that I have been discovering only very late in life to be important. Um, you you use affirmations, um, and I learned only fairly late in life how powerful our minds are. We can make those whatever we affirm to be true. But if we pray for things and we say, please make me get better, we're affirming we're not well, and that's bad. So instead, we say, I use gratitude affirmations. I say, thank you, God, for making me well. Huge, huge difference. Yes. But you thank were, you for, for how <laughs> for my health, for how beautiful how beautiful my day is, for how beautiful my life is, how, how strong yeah. my body is. Yes. That's <laughs> For me, that's more of a poor thing. But um, the affirmations I teach, though, by the way, is because there's a lot of people talk about affirmations. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a power in daily written affirmations that exceeds spoken affirmations. I mean, you should say them also. But daily written affirmations is which one of the tools that I teach. Only takes a few minutes every day. Um, that little skill can rock your world and change the way you think, yes, who you absolutely. are. Very not not all at one time, of course, because Growth happens slowly, but um, I, I only did one thing in a day other than pray. It would be to write those affirmations because they are so fundamental in my happiness, changing the way I think, the way I live, my character, my personality. Uh, it's just those daily written affirmations are like your normal saying normal. affirmation steroids. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. That, that's absolutely right. That is Actually, so many people now are teaching um, affirmations and teaching written affirmations and spoken affirmations and gratitude affirmations, um, which, you know, 10 years ago, even five years ago, you hardly heard about them. It's wonderful that more and more people are finding these things. Now, let's talk about the definition of happiness. This is pretty basic. Um, Everyone listening, think about what your definition of happiness is. And now I'm going to ask Sherry, which I thought this was great. What is your what is the definition you give in the book? The definition of happiness. I more give the um, um, how we become happy, you know, that everybody wants to be happy. And that's been, you know, you, you've done a lot of this reading. Roberta, you know, this is fundamental in the great thinkers, the philosophers, the religionists, everybody. We want to be happy or have peace. But happiness and peace are so so are practically the same thing. Right. But the question is, how do we become happy? And that's what trips people up. Where does happiness come from? I found it useful in these interviews to sit, to point out that everybody knows that when they're stagnant or when they're backsliding, they feel like slip is slipping, they're not happy. They're really miserable when we're stagnant, right? When there's no, we don't often think about the flip side of that. What makes us happy? Well, when we're growing, we all have this yeah. infinite potential that's so huge and so uh, infinite, we can't even comprehend it, we'll never reach it. And it's when we take these, it doesn't have to be huge steps, but consistent, small little steps towards that potential. It's the journey, we'll never arrive. But as we're moving, as we're becoming better, that's where happiness comes. A lot of our depression, anxiety, and some of those things, I know there's definitely some clinical things going on too, um, and that could be another conversation, but the everyday downs and depressions are just, are solved really by moving forward doing something hard, being better, and then we're happy. Happiness just comes. That's where you're serving, loving, uh, working, doing. If they're making us better, they're making us happy. It sounds sounds self-absorbed, but it's not. Because when we're better, our relationships are better, the people around us are better. It's really the only way you can make a difference in the world anyway. 
is by continually being better. Yeah, you say uh, it's it's a life that includes a romantic and sexy marriage, a satisfying satisfying spiritual life, close family relationships, good friends, financial independence, career success, a strong intellect, being physically fit, and the ability to make the world a better place. <laughs> Hope everybody wants all that. Well, but the point is, each of those feeds on the other when you think about it. Absolutely. Um, if you are in a good and strong and stable marriage, it's much easier to be financially strong. Um, if you have close family relationships, again, it much, it's much easier. Career success comes from having a secure and happy home base, in my experience. Yeah. And all of this sharpens your mind. One of the things that I found, and, and the difference is subtle, you've got to appreciate it, was that I really, when I really made walking, and I've done this for a year and a half, I'm, I'm, you know, Every morning I have to get out there for half an hour and move my body. I think I felt smarter too. I mean, it all it all feeds on one another. You can't have, and that's what your book teaches. And I guess I'd never thought about it, but it's true. If you want to have a good life in one area, you kind of have to at least have a decent life in all the other areas too, or else it takes away from the happiness that you get from that one area that's your particular dream. Am I saying that right? I mean, I think that's oh, true. That's so profound. It's absolutely right, Roberta. You, it, you know, we talk about happiness moving forward, but if you're putting too much on one thing, you're slipping back somewhere else. So then that's not going to yeah. be happiness, right? So we have to take yeah. a look. We have to be regularly check in and be conscious of uh, one really good and classic example is I've added character as one of those eight areas, right? Because, it, well, if I want my dream, my business dream, or my financial dreams to come tr- come true so bad, maybe I'll compromise. But if I'm also working on character, I'm not going to let that happen. Or maybe I'm working on my financial dreams, and I think I just need to work day and night, day and night, and, and I'm not taking care of my body. I'm not going to be happy. Because my, I don't feel right. good. Or my relationships or something. You said a wonderful thing. You said if things at home are not well, you're not going to do as well in your career. Well, yeah. it's uh, Ken has always said that he said, I, I was able to uh, do well in my business because I knew who I came home to. And I knew that my children were work cared for. And he came home to a happy home. And he, that was the power that, that made it work for him. Uh, it's just, if it's not, it's not going to be happiness and it isn't even success. If it isn't all those eight areas being worked on, yeah. all the, they'll be completely balanced but that we want to make sure we're progressing in all eight areas all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been um, for the past 40 years, I've been an attorney uh, working with closely held businesses, small businesses. And I have, one of the things I really noticed is that the people who are good to people are the ones who are successful in business too. Um, Often they're very good to their employees. Um, When one of the, when my first, clients um decades ago always could tell me how many mouths he has he knew how many dependents there were of of his employees down to the newest baby and those were his mouths that he had to feed i mean to me that that was a revelation that he would feel that way about the people he employed i've seen them go to all kinds of lengths to take care of their people but always always behind them is a strong home life whether they're a man or a woman, there is someone at home who is keeping their life 
stable, as as Ken said. Um, it the, none of this happens in isolation. You can't be a one note wonder. You've got to be really playing the whole symphony. And I don't think I ever understood that as as well as I do now, having read your book. Oh, thank you. That's a, that's the kind of thing I like to hear. If somebody's had a revelation or seen something or learned something new or changing, that's the reason I wrote it, right? Believe it yeah. or not, I wrote it for that purpose, not to do interviews. But, of course, interviews are great fun. <laughs> Hopefully they make they a difference. Are- <laughs> and, and, you know, if you do interviews, you make, you make good friends. I've yeah. made a number of friends this that's way that I, I really enjoy. But, but um, in point of fact... I think your book is necessary just because it's it's like training wheels for life because you know we don't we, we make mistakes people make huge mistakes in business they make all make, we make mistakes in our lives all the time we're trying we're learning and what this book does is kind of give you some training wheels in each of these areas to help you get started and help you help you not be a backslider in those areas. But a well-rounded life is a much happier life by definition. If there's nothing that is making you unhappy in any area of your life, you're, you have a, a very high baseline, and then it's easy to be joyous. Ken writes beautifully about that, I thought, in your book, about how um, he, say, he says he doesn't have a right to be unhappy given everything he has and everything he is. But but um, he, nevertheless, I mean, he still makes a point of being really happy. I think that's so important. We have to think about what we have and be grateful for it and then have more and more of it. Yeah, just think of what a pleasure it is to be married to when he thinks that way. Uh, he has one of those, <laughs> I think I told you, are one of those governing values that's about me. So just think about being married to somebody who has this whole paragraph of the governing values that he re- goes over all the time. And repeats. He goes through these affirmations, by the way, twice a day, or these uh, governing values, I'm sorry, the governing values, and they're about a paragraph, like the one in the book, and he goes through them uh, one at least. Sometimes it's a week, sometimes a month. He does one in the morning, one in the evening, and uh, I'm one of those, and he's got about 10 or 11 of them, I think, and so he's this whole paragraph where he talks about his love for me and serving me, and so imagine being married to a person like that. That's that's very lovely. But it also suggests to me that one great way to do this, if you're if you're listening and you're young and you're thinking, I want to try it. um, If there's a significant other in your life or or a spouse, why don't you try it together? Because that's really what it seems to me supercharged for each of, of of Ken and Sherry both what they were doing, because they were supporting one another and going going through perfecting each part of their lives together. I think that probably made a huge difference too, Sherry, don't you? Oh, it's really important. Um, I, I still do one-on-one coaching, not a ton of it, but I, I, I have somebody, all the, a few people all the time. Uh, one of the things that it's just, it can be very frustrating is I'm trying to work with somebody, they're trying to make their dreams come true. If they're married to somebody who is not interested in moving forward and they're, they're happy to just be wherever they're at, it can be very frustrating, but if you get two people that both want to improve their life, they're doing their own thing. They're not doing all the exact same things, but they're both working on whatever they think is important, but they're both working on things, and then they're, they're going to go up in the same direction. Ken and I, I trust him. I, I don't worry. I don't think, oh, you need to work on this or you need to work on that. I trust him. He'll work on whatever he thinks is important, and I'll work on whatever I think is important. The important thing is that we're both working on us and and then we share what we learn and we share our growth. And does that make sense, Roberta? I don't, so we don't have to 
how to develop the exact same things at the same time. Um, I know if he's got a weakness, he'll get to it. And he trusts me to do the same thing. Yes. And, and I, so some, some people listening are thinking, ah, but my husband or my wife is so different from me. We could never do that. Well, you never met two people more different in terms of our life choices than my husband and me. And um, for example, I've spent 50 years learning the truth about the afterlife and um, and the truth about Jesus, which has nothing to do with religions. Meanwhile, he is a strict practicing Catholic. Um, oh. he, I, <laughs> uh, we, 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 he, the, the way I live my life, which is constantly working at what I love, is inexplicable to him. He retired in his late fifties, and he did, does pretty much what he enjoys doing. He works, you know, he does investing stuff like that. But he mainly does what he wants to do all, all day long. But he's there for me. He runs errands for me. He cooks dinner for me. And so we each are getting what we need out of this relationship, and we support one another in it. I think it's because our values are the same. I mean, we both have a strong sense of. Of, of ethics, about of, of family, of love, of loyalty. We all we, we both support one another, but you don't have to be doing the same thing with your spouse or with your significant other in order for it to be a good marriage that you enjoy. I mean, all day long we're together in the same house and we're happy to be there, and we make jokes and enjoy one another. But <laughs> I kind of envy you that you had a, a Ken who was right beside you, Sherry, because he was nowhere near me. He's off <laughs> doing his own thing. Well, and you know, to some degree, we were doing the same thing. We we have, and we to this very day, where we both do what we want. We're, we're financially independent, and uh, I'm, of course, working on the book. I'm doing these interviews, and he's got some investments and some small. We're very involved in small businesses and small business people. So during uh-huh, we have uh-huh. a section of our day every day where he's off. I, I I don't want to talk about money, you know, <laughs> our businesses or investments. It doesn't interest me at all. Uh, I'm busy with clients and doing interviews. <laughs> So we have our time, but then at the end of the day, in the beginning of the day, we work out together and we do a couple things in the morning together. Then we go and do our our separate stuff, which are very separate. At the end of the day, we come back and we talk about the things that we did. So it's not that the things that you said, um, your your and husband's values were the same. Our values are the same. The things that interest us in our work, our productive part of our day, not the same. I don't care how how that much care but i don't really want to follow the bottom line of the candy store or whatever it is he's got going on but i do like him to check in and tell me i just don't want to do it myself um he keeps trying to tell me about his investing and i keep saying i am i'm sorry but um if i were the one doing the investing it would be just an s&p 500 fund and that would be it i wouldn't do anything else he thinks that's so and anyway, let's talk about um, and there's something else I wrote down. A lot of the things struck me. We're, we're going to be doing this several times because we've got a lot more to go through. But um, these strike me as very profound. and I'd like you to talk about them. What you think about expands. You can always do more than you think you can. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Wow, that's so significant. Staying strong in the middle is a life skill. Finishing strong is a life skill. No excuses, never give up, no regrets, and remember your why. I mean, if ever there were a set of rules to give to a young person to learn and to really follow, that's the set. So talk about that. Those were um, those what came out of my own life. Is, you can imagine having six children is quite a bit of work, and 
I also had some other things that I was involved in. I took on some pretty, some pretty um, big projects over the years of my life and had things going and I worked out hard. So those were things that I would say to myself, I would pick the one that I needed at that time. You know, there's always some, a lot of times we're like, oh, I'm just can't do anymore. Well, you can always do more. You just have to, if it's worth it, you just have to reorganize and reprioritize, right? Or right, what you right. think about expands, that's huge. Actually, I brought that from Wayne Dyer. What you think about, if I think tired thoughts and during my workout or during my work day, um, or if I think negative thoughts about my husband, those will expand. They will become all more and more and more yeah. negative thoughts, right? Yes, that's um, so critical. Yes. So those were the things that got me through. I'd be right. I used an avid cyclist for a long time. I liked hills. Well, you go up that hill and it's just so hard. It's just so hard. And it'd be like, okay, staying strong in the middle. This is the middle part of the hill. Get through the middle part. Finishing strong is a life skill, Sherry. Finishing strong is a life skill. So then when I started my fitness business, we had these on the walls um, around the room. Finishing strong is a life skill. Staying strong in the middle is a life skill. So those are things that, and, and I hope everybody's got a few of those that keep you going when it gets tough. It's amazing how it turns everything around. When you start, and they're, they're affirmations in a sense, aren't they? Uh, yes, I start, of course they are. Yes. I can always do more than I think I can. I always think about doing dips on a bench, you know, tricep dips. And they're hard, and we do them for 20 seconds on and 10 seconds off, as many as you can do. Well, about eight rounds. So about the eighth round, I'm like, ah, oh, the eighth round, I'm, I can't, I don't think I can do anymore. And then I think, ah, oh, I can always do more than I think I can. And it was so amazing. I could do a lot more than I thought I could once I told myself I could. And I think that's a pretty good, not so isn't that you should take on everything just because you can, but you, if you, something's important to you, you can do more. We have got a lot more potential to do a lot. If we're well organized and we have our priorities straight, we can yes. do all we, yes. than we think we can. Yeah. It's good to challenge yourself. You know, oh. uh, I, 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 and I, I just, when I'm walking, sometimes I do that too. Okay. This is where I usually would turn around. I'm going to just go farther and then turn around. And um, now I'm walking a whole lot more than I used to in terms of just a distance because you be, you're supr- it's surprising what you can do. Um, and that's true in work as well. Um, I, if, uh, I, I wasn't sure I could finish this, this book and make it as good as it could be. But I've been focusing on it and look at what the result is. Yeah. Yeah, going deeper, challenging yourself more is so important. Well, it like you know, like the little affirmation when you read it, you know, what doesn't what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you. If you want that's to be true. grow, we're talking that's, about personal growth is the key to happiness. Well, you don't grow in a comfort zone if it's doesn't challenging. You're not going to grow. That's right. So that's right. Be happy. You have to learn how to challenge yourself, or you're not going to find that happiness that comes from growth. It doesn't have to be huge. Just a little challenge, like you said, a few more steps on my yeah. walk. Yeah. A couple more push-ups, one more book than I this year than I read last year, whatever. It can be small little increments, just little increments forward all the time. It's, the key is the consistency. Absolutely, big jumps forward don't last. It has to be what you do every day, consistent habits practiced every day. That's what moves you forward. Just little little improvements. It's really about loving yourself. You, you, you know, you, you can, if you care about yourself, you can make yourself a better and better 
place for you to be because you know where are you wherever you go there you are you're, you're with yourself all the time and you can make yourself a wonderful companion to yourself you can love being who you are and this I think Sherry's book is the way to teach yourself to do that because so often we let other people's opinions tear us down and you know or maybe something a high school teacher said still nags us you can outgrow all of that. And that's what you did, really, by deciding, I don't care if I had a horrible upbringing and all of that. I'm going to make something of my life. And you did exactly that. And you made yourself um, into someone that that is a wonderful mother, a wonderful um, spouse, a uh, you know, a wonderful friend. I, I think it's just fabulous what you can do. But it's really about loving yourself, isn't it? Yes, can I? I'd like to talk about that for a second. Um, you have to know, you have to feel that you are worth it in order to move forward. I put a, a little formula in the book that contentment plus progress equals happiness. You're not going to move forward unless you know that you deserve it, that you're valuable enough. I will yes. say, loving yourself is like to have self respect, like having respect for anybody else. You're going to like yourself a lot better when you do hard things. You want to become a person worth loving, yes. right? Worth liking. Yes. So while you're always worth it, no matter what you do, whether you decide to move forward or not, you're always valuable. Everybody's always valuable. You're not going to love yourself if you aren't doing hard things and challenging yourself. It's hard to love yourself if you're not if you're not moving forward. It's difficult. You're stagnant. It's hard. You can say it. Oh, I love. I should love myself. Well, you should, but you don't because you're not proud of yourself. You go do things that you can be proud of. Make yourself proud. Make yourself proud of you. I see it all the time with people that they they I, I hear from people a lot because I encourage people to email me and people are people sometimes are full of self hatred and and they could so easily overcome it. Oh, I don't do this, I can't do that. It's it's a it's a tragic thing and I don't know how to help them. I really don't. I haven't there hasn't been any way I could help them because how do you help people who are so broken? So I guess my hope is if enough people read your book, they do, will figure out how to heal themselves because it's not that hard. You just turn the corner. Yeah, you start take one step forward. You just move. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, if you would take, and I, I challenge people in the book to do this, do something hard. Just if you're not sure that this works today, right now, today, it doesn't have to be like hugely hard. You're going to climb my Everest today, but go do something that you don't rather not do. Do the hardest thing on your to-do list first. Do something you've been dreading. Do something you've never done before. Go climb a higher hill or whatever. Just do something hard, some hard thing, and see how you feel. And I promise you, you will feel better about you. And then you string enough of those things together, and your feelings of self-worth, self-respect, self-love will come around. Um, But start. That's the key. It doesn't have to be big. Just start somewhere. With I have clients come in. I teach them fairly early on how to start with the tracking sheet, even though we haven't gone through the goals that much yet, because I know once I get them moving forward, they'll get excited. They'll want more. Yeah. We just get the ball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we could teach this on a grand scale because there's so many people who need it. 
Oh, my dear, we could we have barely scratched the beginning of this book, I have to tell you all. And I wanted to talk about marriage, too, which to me is a very important topic. And we're going to have to save that as well, because we're coming toward the end of our time. Um, but I want to make sure that you have some time, Sherry, to just tell tell people what do you hope they take away from our conversation today? What do you hope people take away? If, they, if I have people take one thing away, it's that they're they will be happy if they'll move forward. If they'll just, just to motivate people to start moving forward in your life. Don't worry about being well-rounded when you first start, just start somewhere and then pick up something else, something else, something else. Somebody asked me a long time ago, how do you get self-disciplined? Well, you just start with one thing and then you add two things and three things. So just start, start moving forward because the world is full in despair. It's full of so many beautiful things to touch and feel and see and do. And life is full of so much happiness, but you've got to reach out there and grab hold of it. And the way you do that, I, I, I'm going to back up a little bit. I guess if I do have one bottom line, I'm going to say the solution to all of our problems, your personal problems, our world problems, is making ourselves a better person. You want to yeah. have a better, make yourself a better person. You want to be better in your business, make yourself a better person. You want to be a better parent, make yourself a better person. That's the way you're going to make effect change. It won't be marching on the capital is going to be what you do as a person, how you make yourself better. You'll make the world better. You'll make yourself better. You'll be happier. When there was a, I think it was Gandhi or someone of his caliber who said, if you, if you want to change the world, change yourself. The greatest gift that you can give to the world is your own inner transformation. And that's, that's really true. It, it, it's, it's truer even than he knew, I'm sure. Um, but it's it's so important to get started, and I, we have to talk and think about how to help people to do that. But um, I, yeah, as far as people were listening and thinking, oh, I could never do all of that. Just remember this bit of wisdom, which I I think I was a teenager when I heard it, and I've never forgotten it. it pick up a cough the day it's born, then pick it up the next day, then pick it up the next day, and if you do that every day. So this bit of wisdom says you'll be able to pick up a bull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it surely would. Yeah. It's true. I never really tried it, but, but it's stuck in my mind. Theoretically, it should be true, right? I mean, you've picked it up every single day. You haven't skipped one, um, well, but that's kind of. Tell you, it is, is, it right? is definitely true. You think about my, my mother I used to say to my my grand, my children when they were little and she'd put them on the floor and have them you know, spread their legs on the floor and then drop their head to the floor between their legs. And she said, now if you do that every day, when you're my age, you'll still be able to do that. Um, it's true. What we do every day is what matters. That's what's going to make changes is what we're doing every day. And it feels good to be making progress, right? right. I, I think that, um, this has been lovely, Sherry. It's been such a pleasure to meet you. I think what you're doing is terrific. Sherry's website is lifemasteryinfo.com. That'll be in the in the notes. And um, we're, we'll find a time when she can come back and talk more about her book. And we're going to talk about, I've been married 49 years. She's been married to 44. And we're, we're both happy in our marriages. And yet we didn't marry saint. I certainly didn't marry a saint. Neither did he, of course. But um, I think we should talk about that because what was the statistic you gave me about how many people regret their divorce? Oh, it's like seventy some percent. If, when they ask people anonymously, of course, seven years after their divorce, if they would do it again, over seventy percent said they wouldn't do it again. Because you know what, you go, you marry somebody else, and guess what? 
You've got the same problem. Because <laughs> you took you. Exactly. So it's working on yourself. You want a better spouse. I'll say it again. You want a better marriage, a better spouse. Go to work on yourself without any thought what that person's doing. You just work on you and you'll have a better marriage. Yeah. yeah. And as an added, added uh, factor in that, they find that uh, children of divorce, even if divorce happens when those children are adult, are severely damaged often by the divorce. I was shocked to read that. But it means that, you know, marry carefully and then stay happy with that with that marriage. I think that's the secret to a lot of happiness. But anyway, we could you and I could talk all day. We really do have to go, my dear. But we will do this again. Please consider yourself hugged. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Everyone, we have come to the end of time this has been secret reality with roberta grimes oh i'm so glad you were with us today it felt like a wonderful conversation please never forget that you are a powerful eternal being you never began you never will end and when you really get that wow it changes everything in your life for the better next week we'll be talking with ward e barker jr who will be with us for the second time ward's wife Suzette Shockley graduated in 2016, and almost at once, she was giving him all kinds of signs of her survival. She was communicating with him mentally. He he was astounded. He was devastated by her death, astounded that he, she was still around him. And he has detailed much of what has happened in their lives in his book. In fact, he's written several books, but I could only find one. It was called Conversations from Heaven, Advice and Guidance from My Beloved Wife. It's a beautiful book. Ward has some psychic tendencies, I'm pretty sure, but even so, many people nowadays, as the veil thins, are having this kind of relationship go on between spouses who love one another, uh, just and sometimes between friends. This is an exciting, exciting time to be alive. His website is sciencefromsue.com, and he welcomes a chance to help people learn what really is going on. And this week, we've been talking with Sherry Sterling Fernandez, who is a life coach extraordinaire. Sherry Sterling Fernandez came from a broken home. She was on the streets at 17, then married, then came out uh, down, uh, was out down and out for a long time, became a mother of six. And all the while, she was trying to figure life out. And so was her husband, Ken. And they began to work on their lives. They believed they had infinite potential. He started a construction supply company. She launched Fitmania, which is was a fitness boutique. And they grew into these beautiful lives where they became financially independent, wonderful marriage, wonderful family, six children, my goodness. She did it all. And she's convinced you can, too, and it isn't even that hard. Her new book is called Life Mastery, Personal Progression Toward an Infinite Potential. And unlike many books, it lives up to that um, that that uh, billing. Um, I enjoyed it very much. I couldn't skim it, uh, which is why I have to <laughs> read the second half now. But I think there are very, very many people who really want to do a whole lot better with their lives, and they're too busy just living them, really, to do much to improve them. But Life Mastery shows you how to work on your life while you're in the act of living your life and make it better and better. Her website is lifemasteryinfo.com, and um, I I really can't recommend her book highly enough. I think if you need help with helping your life to be the very best possible life you can live, this is the book that's written at your level, and it will help you to do that. 
As you know, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and Early Next Year, The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. For young children, there's the fun of meeting Jesus, and there hopefully next year will be a second children's book. You can order all these books through bookstores or on Amazon.com, and the adult books are available as audiobooks. If you want to talk to me about anything at all, please, please reach out to me. Just go to the green contact lock on robertagrimes.com. I answer every email. Right now, I'm answering them after four days. I'm so sorry. It's been a busy week, but I do answer them all. So please be sure to give me your correct email address. And we've come to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy. Please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, one reality, not a scientific reality and a religious reality. And then maybe whatever it is we're living, there's only one reality. And it's the one we're living in now. Enjoy and make the most of it, knowing always that you are a powerful, eternal being. And you in particular, most of all in the universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.